We all want to go on a good thing. And this one is no different. So when she was injured, she called Morgan and Morgan. With more than $15 billion recovered, she... One more time, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. I am Matt Wright, and together, you and I are going to be traversing the muddied waters of freedom for roughly the next 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know there was no audio. I had some quick technical difficulties. I believe I should be having audio. Yeah, I think audio is coming through now. Um, thank you all for tuning in. No matter where you are watching, whether you're watching this on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, if you are watching this later on Spotify, uh, or if you are one of the old school listeners who like listening to this on your favorite podcasting platform, I say Bula Vanaka. Thank you to each and every one of you. Thank you to each and every one of you uh, for being a part of uh, the muddied waters experience. I hope everybody had a fantastic. I hope everybody uh, is static, static, good to go, plug it in all the way. There you go, no audio. Okay, so it looks like on Facebook I'm not having good audio, but it looks like on the Twitter I'm good to go. So if you're watching this on Facebook and it sucks, switch on over. Um, and check it out there uh, because I have no idea what is causing any audio issues there. Um, thank you so much. Uh, I hope everybody had a fantastic weekend, a fantastic holiday weekend. Uh, I had four days off. I had Friday off. I got LASIK. I now see better than most people. I have bionic eyes. Uh, I went back yesterday for my follow-up and I found out I've got 2015 vision and I've never been more excited about anything because before I was like 320 and now I'm 2015. So massive role reversal. Uh, bad audio on YouTube. Neat. Why would that be? That makes no sense. Um, I tested everything right before I came on. Um, Bad audio. Does the audio sound muffled? Okay. Interesting. Um, perfect now. Okay. Thanks, Mike McKay over on uh, Facebook. Okay. Um, okay. So, sorry about all that. Yeah, but I got LASIK and uh, now I see like a superhero because I have better than 2020 vision and it is amazing. It is fantastic. And it is one of the, uh, uh, true it is one of the true uh, accomplishments of the free market because that is something like insurance won't cover it it's not government subsidized it's not you're paying for that out of pocket and it continues to get better and it continues to work better and they continue to offer it at a cheaper price and it is the greatest um it is the greatest and most wonderful uh, thing that I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, so if you are somebody who can get LASIK, get it. It is amazing. And 
for what it costs now, you'll spend on contacts and glasses in the next five years. They aren't paying me to say this. I'm just telling you this because this is incredible. I can see myself better than I've ever been able to see myself. And that is, uh, I mean, really, it's just a benefit to me. Um, now that I've pitched LASIK to everybody, uh, let's pay real bills uh, by uh, going over Mudwater. Mudwater is the coffee alternative that it's going to taste much worse than coffee and give you less caffeine, but it does actually keep you awake and, you know, moving throughout the day. It has masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. Um, that is it. Uh, if you want to make the switch from coffee to mud water today, uh, head on over to muddiedwatersoffreedom.com slash mud, and you can make that switch today uh joe hanoush says greatest thing in your life other than being a sarah right well right this is the greatest thing i've ever paid for in my life and i don't pay for sarah i didn't pay for i'd pay for her in different ways i guess in appropriate ways um so hope everybody had just as wonderful as a weekend as i uh it was a holiday weekend it was martin luther king jr day on yesterday, uh, if you didn't know that. And I don't know how many of you grew up in Virginia, but this is something that I like to tell people uh, when Martin Luther King Jr. Day comes around. When I was growing up, I didn't know there was a thing called Martin Luther King Jr. Day because in Virginia, there wasn't. In Virginia, we had Lee Jackson King Day which was General Lee, Stonewall Jackson, and Martin Luther King sharing one holiday. Looking back on this now, I understand why they changed it at some point. Um, so from, I don't know when Lee Jackson King Day started, but that was what I knew growing up, and that was how I referenced it for most of my life until uh, I was in Philadelphia hanging out with a bunch of people who were not from Virginia. And they said that, oh, tomorrow's a holiday. And I said, oh, which one? And they said, Martin Luther King Day. And I stared at them blankly. And I was at an age that I should know Martin Luther King Day is a thing. And I stared at them blankly and I was processing this these words in my brain that they had just told me and i said oh you mean lee jackson king day and they looked at me with such offense because they thought i was kidding and my sister had to explain to them that in virginia it was called lee jackson king day and not martin luther king day and virginia apparently had gotten rid of it 10 years before i had that conversation but i had no clue None. And I still will occasionally accidentally say, hey, happy Lee Jackson King Day to everybody. So I hope everybody had a good Lee Jackson King Day. And uh, I hope that uh, you all. Uh, <laughs> and I hope that you all uh, did something great with your weekend. Um, I got 2020 vision. So Getting into this week, it was a big week. Um, it was a big week, and we're only going to cover a very small portion of it uh, because we've got a bunch of stuff that I want to talk about later. So we didn't cover the Trump raid on Mar-a-Lago, Mar the FBI raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago property uh, because it was my personal opinion that 
any time we reported on something like that, it turned out to be a huge nothing burger. And I said, no, why would we report on this? Because anytime, like every scandal that's been about Trump, it's turned into absolutely nothing. And it just kind of wasted airtime for other things. However, now we are looking at kind of a different thing. And it starts with the current president of the United States talking about the former. I just realized you guys can't hear that. Hang on one second. I was doing all of this very quickly while talking to a um, five, uh, six-year-old who's going to be seven in a few days, and uh, he did not care that I was trying to work. Uh, so give me one moment, and that should do it. Um, okay, so here is what Pre President Biden was saying about... Uh, Donald Trump. You saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. What did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. So I just want to say, I still believe that this is going to be a nothing burger. I don't think Trump's getting in trouble for whatever documents he had stashed away in a locked closet in Mar-a-Lago. Don't think so. And the reason I say this is because everybody was saying, this is the thing that's going to get Trump. This is the thing that's going to get Trump. He's going to jail. He's going to jail. This is, they're going to indict him and he's going to go to, he's going to go to jail over these documents. Obstruction, man, that's a different story. But these documents is what people were saying. Now, watching those people scramble and fight to say, what Biden did is different, is, is one of my favorite things to do. And watching all of the, uh, watching all of the, uh, the right, who, the people who support Trump say, what Biden did is exactly the same. Why isn't he in trouble? There are differences. Biden was VP. He couldn't uh, declassify anything. He definitely shouldn't have had him there. Trump was president. He could declassify things. It's questionable on whether or not he actually did. We're not here to get into that because that's not the lens that they're looking at this through. But the fact that Joe Biden has apparently been spreading classified documents about around the mid-Atlantic, like unsmoked Parmesan cheese, is something that needs to be brought up. Um, the uh, uh, So... Nobody can truly say why either one is different um, because they're not. They are exactly what is happening between these two is basically exactly the same thing. Um, nowhere in the law does it say you won't get in trouble if your team turns them over immediately, like Biden's team did when they found them, when they found the first batch at the uh, Penn Biden Center. Um, and when they did, when they found them in his garage or in his 
library or in his study or in his bedroom or in his wherever else they found them in the house that Hunter was renting for $50,000 a month in in Wilmington, Delaware, uh, which is an insane amount of money for a house in Wilmington anywhere in Delaware. I don't care where it is. Um, so Trump, you know, Trump had his in a room in, in Mar-a-Lago. Biden had his in his office building, multiple spots in his home, including the box in the garage. And this will end, I personally believe, with both sides ending the investigation and saying that neither side had any intention of using the documents for harm. Which again, the law states, if you have the documents, you are in violation of the law. But after, after uh, 2016-ish, when Hillary had the classified documents on her computer, on the unsecured computer and you know the whole Gmail thing, um, they said that she didn't have any intention of doing any harm with the classified documents, so they didn't charge her with anything. The fact that she had no bad motive means that that was fine. And because they made that ruling, they're going to have to use them in these cases to not, to not, uh, to punish one and not punish the other would show the bias that the Department of Justice has. So I believe that absolutely nothing is going to come from the documents. Obstruction of justice, possibly. Possibly Trump gets hit on obstruction of justice, but I'm not thinking that he's going to get anything other than that, if anything at all. Um, but what do you all think? Uh, is, is this going to be a big nothing burger? Is this going to be something that you know we talk about for uh, however long it has been at this point? Um, is will, will Trump get indicted for mishandling of classified documents? Will Biden get mis, uh, will Biden get charged with anything? Will both? Will neither? What do you think is going to happen? Sound off in the comments. Let me know what it is that you think is going, um, what you think it is that's going to uh, happen here. Because I, I said from the beginning, this is a nothing burger. And it just has done nothing but prove to me that it is a nothing burger. Um, Kenny Johnson agrees with me. Um, Joe, Joe Hanush says... Two wrongs by both sides make things disappear. Yeah, absolutely, 100% correct. Two wrongs by both sides make things disappear. And they, there is theory that uh, they do that because um, that way they can get away with it forever. Once they do it and nobody gets in trouble, they just know they can do it and they can continue doing it and nobody will care. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? 
It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's sort of like if you are a terrible speaker, an absolutely terrible speaker, and yet you somehow made it to the vice presidency of the United States. Um, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, the, the, the amazing vice president, the second in command of these United States, uh, has not been making many speaking engagements as of late. Not as many as one would expect from the VP, uh, at least public speaking engagements. She may have been doing some of them behind the scenes where she can say whatever she wants and it's not going to hit the, uh, it's not going to hit the internet. But um, the fact that she is one steep flight of stairs from the presidency has every single person on this planet worried. Even Democrats, even Democrats. And you know this because currently here in 2023, I had to think about that, here in 2023, they are going all in on Biden in 2024 when he will be a young, for Methuselah, 82 years old. 82 years old in 2024. And he is what the Democrats are putting, they're putting everything behind him because they have no bench. There's nobody there that can run that has any kind of hope. Anybody that kind of has hope has said that they aren't going to. Currently, Raphael Warnock, who won uh, in who won the uh, runoff or the special campaign back in 2020 because Trump told everybody not to go out and vote in the Senate uh, senatorial special in the runoff election. And then when he had to run for re-election, he just had to beat one of the greatest natural athletes who has ever lived, but a man who can't string a sentence together, Herschel Walker. He didn't have to beat anybody. He was the president of the United States at the time, Donald Trump, told all Republicans, don't even bother voting because they're going to rig it. So don't vote. So, of course, Raphael Warnock won. And then he beat Herschel Walker, who had he was doing Elon Musk and Nick Cannon's job of repopulating the planet, except he wasn't admitting to it. Um. But he will not say whether or not he has decided to run for president in 2024. And he is quite possibly their best bet. Um, now, the reason Dems aren't behind Kamala, the way that they have, the way that you kind of thought it was going to be in 2020, Joe Biden was going to be the pick, and then they were going to prep Kamala to take over and be the next president after Joe Biden. And even Joe Biden was like, I'm only here for one term as a, as a transitionary president, and now he's saying, no, I'm going to run again. Um, and the reason that he is now running again and the Democrats are supporting him so, so strongly is because whenever Kamala goes out to speak, she sounds like she is somebody, she is a vice president who was written by Christopher Guest. Um, but if it was actually written by Christopher Guest and I had paid money to go see it, then uh, it would be hilarious as opposed to sad. 
for anybody who doesn't know who Christopher Guest is, look him up, watch his movies. They are wonderful. Um, so this brings us to Thursday, where Kamala was asked to speak at a conversation about climate change in Michigan with Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. And people, I have never been happier to have this woman speak at great lengths uh, because she paid out in dividends uh, from not having many speaking engagements uh, since she gave us all history lessons on how Ukraine is a small country and Russia is a big country and the big country came into the small country. And she said her thing about you can do it because you can dream it and you just dreamed it so it's real and whatever other regard. When she explained space to astronauts, I was so happy. So that brings us up. That brings us up to this week's Juiced Up Deep Thoughts with Kamala Harris. Um, first, we have to start out with an old classic because as everybody knows, Kamala Harris loves school buses. She loves her school buses, people. So here is Kamala Harris talking about school buses. I really hope I set up this audio right. Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. But I'm, I, among the many things, I'm excited about electric school buses. I love electric school buses. I just love them for so many reasons. Maybe because I went to school on a school bus. Hey, raise your hand if you went to school on a school bus, <laughs> right? Um, she went to school on a school bus, guys. You know who else did that? Everybody. Everybody went to school on a school bus. She likes to say she was the first little girl that was bused in California, which wasn't true, but... Everybody went to school on the school buses. At some point, everybody was on a school bus. She just did the thing that many speakers will do, where you are trying to engage with your audience and make them feel like they are connected to you in some way, shape, or form. And she got like a pitiful golf clap from everybody in the audience. That would be like, hey, who here drank water? I love water. Don't you love water? Who has drank water today? or yesterday, or any time this week. It was pandering to an audience that wasn't willing to be pandered to, even though that audience was specifically there to see her. Um, next, <laughs> next, she uh, decided that she wanted to give us yet another geography lesson. Uh, and here she is talking about the Caribbean. Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. I convened, and I've convened now at least three times, uh, a group that has is their acronym, CARICOM. It is the Caribbean nations, island nations. In the Western Hemisphere, that is where the Caribbean is. We are also in the Western Hemisphere. They are our neighbors.
The Caribbean nation is in the Western Hemisphere, just like us. Just like us. We are basically the exact same. Just like us, guys. Us and the Caribbean nations are exactly the same because we are in the Western Hemisphere. Did you know we were in the Western Hemisphere like the Caribbean nations? Because we are. We are. And then, I didn't, apparently this is a well-known fact. Uh, did you know that Kamala Harris is a big fan of Venn diagrams? Venn diagrams. Well, neither did I, but here you go. Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Think of the movement through the lens of something I love, which is to always think about complex issues through the, the frame of a Venn diagram. I love Venn diagrams. I love, <laughs> I do, I love Venn diagrams. So- See what I'm saying, those, the, is nerdy. I'm just saying. I also, I just wanna point out here that I love how Jennifer Granholm uh, tried to like give her an out and just, you know, kind of do a throwaway joke of Kamala Harris being nerdy, but instead, so the three circles and you can do more nobody says a venn diagram has to only be three circles right and and the intersection then right in terms of also movements venn diagrams guys kamala harris loves her venn diagram she loves her electric school buses and she wants you to know she wants you to know that the caribbean nations in the western hemisphere just like us, just like us, or just like us, guys. Um, but the truly greatest moment is when you know that she has no clue what she's supposed to be saying. And she is that kid standing in front of the class, giving the book report on something that she absolutely hasn't read. Uh, I like to think of her as uh, Cher from the movie Clueless when she's talking about whatever country she was talking about. And you obviously know she hasn't researched that country at all. But here she is talking about a moment. Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. I think of this moment as a moment that is about great momentum, inspired by, yes, optimism, inspired by a crisis, no doubt, um, but inspired by also our collective ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been. And that's critically important. We're gonna watch that again because I still have no clue what she said. I've seen that video 14 times, no idea what she said. Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. I think of this moment as a moment that is about great momentum, inspired by, yes, optimism, inspired by a crisis, no doubt, um, but inspired by also our collective ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been. And that's critically important. Critically important because we are in a moment with momentum that is monumental. 
that was inspired by crisis, which is critically important. We are in that moment, but we have momentum. I I love Kamala Harris. When I I'm not gonna lie, when um when Trump lost in 2020, I was upset. Not for the reasons that a lot of other people were upset. I was upset because that man, as scientific libertarian 2.0 has pointed out, uh, Trump used simple words and it seemed to work for him. But when he would do it, it, there was a lot of humor in it because he would make fun of people and he would make fun of people in a very non-presidential way. And he would be just biting in those words. They'd be very short words and they'd be very, uh, you know, mono, mono sub, monosyllabic. Uh, and that was fine. Whatever. Like, I didn't agree with him on like most anything, but I found him to be funny and entertaining. And I was worried that those days were behind us. Now we have a senile 78 year old man, 80 year old man. I don't know. However old he is now. Um, however old Joe Biden is, man, who can't get through a sentence without forgetting who he is, what his job is, or what 14-year-old he's talking to. And we have a vice president who is unable to speak off the cuff about anything without repeating the same word over and over and over again, uh, just with different uh, tenses and prepositions. Um, <laughs> Kenny Johnson says, I can speak words too. And that is where we're at. The, the state of the Democratic Party is not a good state for them to be in. It is a somewhat terrifying state for anybody to see because this is one of the two major parties that's in the, that's in the United States. Obviously, the Republicans aren't much better. They have uh, a few people on the bench that could rise up to kind of be a leader of the party that aren't being burdened down with numerous investigations and uh, different different legal issues from all over the country trying to keep them from running for president, but they still don't have anybody really all that strong. A lot of people say that this is proof that we need a good, strong third party, a good, strong third party candidate to go out and show the world that we need uh, more voices out there to talk about who it is that we, uh, you know, that what it is that people want, what we need America to be like. And look, no, we don't. We need less voices out there. We need fewer voices. We need no voices out there talking about how you should live your life. Earlier, somebody, I'm certain that it was uh, Joe Hanush, uh, asked if I was pro or anti semi-auto gas stoves. I am very pro gas stoves. Gas stove cooking is better than any other kind of cooking. Um, and I can say that from years and years of restaurant experience. Um, and we don't need people out there saying, you can't buy a gas stove. You can't, it's because of climate change. Oh, you don't care about climate change? Well, 13% of children who have childhood asthma grew up in homes with gas stoves. So there may be something there. We don't need that. If you want to cook with a gas stove and you have the access to the gas, get a gas stove if that's what you want. If you want an electric stove, get an electric stove. Um, 
it is where we are at in this nation where both sides are going to continue to try to take things away from you. Remember, we had bump stocks, not that I would ever use a bump stock, I don't see the point of them, but you had access to purchasing and owning bump stocks before Trump. Most of the gun control that has happened in this country over the last uh, 40 years has been Republicans doing it. Donald Trump hurt gun, uh, hurt, hurt gun ownership more than Barack Obama did. Both sides are trying to take things away from you. Yet yeah, we can say that another political party or another voice up there can make a difference. It will be there giving the, you know, giving the speeches uh, the voice of the actual American people. But who's to say? Because Trump was saying he would never do anything like that. George Bush was, you know, very pro-immigration until 2001. And then, nope, cut that off. Let's cut it off completely. The Republican Party switched. In 1980, I'm going to say, uh, in 1980, there's a debate between George Bush and Ronald Reagan uh, when they were both running for president. And they were talking about what to do about immigrants uh, coming into America illegally. If you watch that clip, if you watch that clip, 1980, uh, they do not sound like the Republican Party that is here today. They sound completely different than the Republican Party. They sounded like compassionate people. They wanted to have the people come in and they wanted to get them to work and they wanted to make sure that they did it illegally and that they need to make that process easier. That is not what is happening today. That is absolutely not what is happening today. Now we have this situation. Now we have this situation where Republicans are like, no, we don't want anybody coming over. We, you know, nobody coming over. The Democrats are saying, yeah, we want everybody to come over. Just don't put them in our cities. And if you put them in our cities, we need the federal government to pay for it, but don't give the federal government money to the cities that they're going to because they should be paying for it. But if they come to our cities, yes, we need the money, Eric Davis. Um, so that's where we're at with like, nobody really has plans. They just speak in these very long uh, diatribes about hating the other party and why they're better than the other party. It would only be a matter of time before you get caught up in that fray, too. We need less voices out there trying to make these changes, trying to make these differences, trying to change how you are the one that's uh, living your life. You need to be the one making these decisions on your own. If you want chicken so you don't have to pay $10 uh, a dozen for eggs, put chickens in your, build a coop and put chickens in your backyard. Please build a coop and put chickens in your backyard, or you can just put them, I don't care, um, whatever you want to do. Um, then you can get eggs. Then you can get eggs, and they're much better, and you don't have to refrigerate them uh, because the U.S. government screwed that up too. Uh, if you want to buy a ton of land so that way that you can uh, you know, fire whatever weapons you definitely lost in a boating accident, uh, buy a bunch of land. Build a good berm so that way you don't have to worry about shooting any neighbors that might be in the way. Um, but, you know, do it safely. Do it do it however you want to do it, but do it safely. Do whatever you want. Do whatever's going to make you happy as long as what you are doing is not harming somebody else. If I am using a gas stove here in the house, it's not hurting you. It's not hurting anybody else. So um, that's... We, we don't need more people up there saying things like this. Every, almost, 
almost every person that I've seen that has run third party for president has had multiple Kamala Harris moments. Why would you want to continue to put ourselves through it? Just less voices. Let's get less voices. Fight for freedom locally. Fight for it in your hometown. Change the laws there. Then get rid of the people who make them. Um, that being said, we're going to talk about more federal government stuff. Um, so the Republicans have been in charge for, what, two weeks now? ish a week and a half um the, okay so hang on a second the scientific libertarian says um refrigerated eggs last longer this might be true i don't know i eat so many eggs they, they don't have an opportunity to go bad i eat so many eggs i go through them amazingly fast a dozen eggs in our household lasts maybe two days maybe so I don't know, uh, but uh, that could be true. I've heard that, that it's not true because of uh, the film that comes out when it's first uh, laid, lane, laid, uh, when the egg is first laid by the, by the chicken. Um, the film that covers it protects it so that way you don't have to refrigerate it. And the reason that you have to refrigerate it now is because during the cleansing, pro during the cleaning process, uh, that film gets washed off and it makes it where the eggs will go bad. Um, you can tell me if I'm wrong. You are the scientific libertarian. I go based on what I've heard throughout my life. Um, uh, Joe Hanush says, Mr. Rich Guy, uh, bragging about how many eggs he can afford to eat over here. Uh, no, we have a neighbor that has chickens. So... Not Mr. Rich Guy. Um, so, uh, so right now, the current debt limit is $31.4 trillion. <laughs> and uh, we are, we may have hit it today, honestly. I'm not 100% sure if we hit it today. But if we haven't, we're going to hit it like Thursday. And Janet Yellen... <laughs> Janet Yellen has requested Kevin McCarthy, the new Speaker of the House, to he has requested the new she has requested the new Speaker of the House to either suspend or increase the debt limit. Now, as we all know, when Kevin McCarthy was begging his party to let him be Speaker. He was making deals after deals after deals. And one of them was there would be no spending increases or debt limit increases without spending cuts. I don't know how he didn't realize that this was going to be a battle a week later, but here we are. So after Janet Yellen requested Kevin McCarthy to suspend or increase the debt limit, uh, she said the Treasury, the Treasury Department this month will begin taking certain extraordinary measures to prevent the United States from defaulting on its obligations. My question is why weren't they doing that before? Why weren't they doing that before? Now, the last time the debt limit was visited in December of 2021, Congress chose to approve a $2.5 trillion debt limit increase and President Biden signed it into law the very next day. Two and a half 
trillion dollars. That is an unfathomable amount of money. And we are currently at $31.4 trillion. Why is uh, $2.5 trillion an unfathomable amount of money? If you had to guess at how many years, two and a half trillion seconds is, what would you think? Because I used to know this, well, I used to know what one was. Um, and it was an unbelievable, unbelievable thing. Um, so two and a half trillion seconds. Joe Hanush says 3,300. Joe Hanush is off by an unbelievable amount. Um, it is 79,274 and a half years. So if you were paying off the two and a half trillion dollars that the debt limit, uh, that they approved for a debt limit increase 25 months ago at $1 a second, it would take you nearly 80,000 years to pay off. 80,000 years to pay off. <laughs> um, we did that in 25 months. We spent that two and a half trillion, 25 months, plus whatever money was brought in from taxes. That is what we spend as a nation. Um, that is what we spend as a nation. Scientific libertarian always says, yeah, good point. Not if your money is worth zero, which, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, but that is where we're at as a nation. We are spending... 80,000 years worth of, of dollars in 25 months. And instead of reining in spending, instead of trying to come to a deal to stop this out of control spending, she asked to either suspend or increase the debt limit. She said, hey, I know our spending has been wildly out of control. We have a lot of debts that are going to come up soon because we can't get over 31.4 trillion. I need you to give me no net. Absolutely no net. I want to be able to spend all of the money that I possibly want. Now, since Kevin McCarthy has been Speaker of the House for like a day, um, he is saying that Joe Biden needs to start negotiating roughly two days ago with GOP leaders and making them happy so as to avoid a, a default. Um, which this kind of like I kind of agree with Kevin on this one. It's look, if you want us to increase this, if you want to figure out you need to meet us somewhere, but. KJP, Thinocula's bag of bricks that is currently sitting in as press secretary, said Congress must raise the debt limit without conditions. We will not be doing any negotiation over the debt ceiling. Now, I don't know how many of you remember this, but last summer, summer of 2022, seemed like such simpler times. Um, summer of 2022, uh, inflation was 8%. A little bit, you know, somewhere, somewhere in that seven, eight, eight and a half percent range. Um, 
Is it, uh, Brian on Facebook? Sorry, Brian. I don't know how to say your last name, and I'm not going to mess it up. Uh, isn't suspending the debt ceiling what got Greece into so much trouble? Yeah, I believe so. I, I kind of remember when that happened um, and how they've never truly recovered. I think that's what they did is they had this sort of issue. They suspended the debt ceiling, and then it just went gangbusters. Um, so over the summer when uh, inflation was at you know six seven eight nine percent whatever whatever it got up to i think 8.6 was the max um on this show we said this is not the real this is not the real um inflation numbers they aren't giving you the real numbers uh we said the numbers are much much higher and we made a prediction that republicans would win the house which they did then we made a prediction that they would take over in January. Then we made a prediction that some spending bill or something with the debt ceiling would come up, which it has. And then we said that the Republicans weren't going to play ball with Biden. And it was going to cause some economic problems and things were going to spiral out of control. But at this point, like we've been circling the drain for like a year and a half on the recession. Like we know that this is coming. This will push it like this will definitely push it over the edge, and that's where we're going to be. But we said that they would start reporting the actual inflation numbers should the Republicans do something like this. We have been right here at Muddied Waters Media up to right now. Up to right now, we have called every step of this 100%. And to prove this, to prove this, we are going to read some quotes by Steve Bennon, who is a producer on Rachel Maddow uh, of MSNBC, where he writes, what Republicans are doing is manufacturing a hostage crisis, effectively telling Democrats that the GOP is prepared to harm Americans on purpose unless their demands are met. For all intents and purposes, it is a Republican extortion scheme. If the new House majority wants to try to pass through the American legislative process or pass a bill through the American legislative process, pursuing cuts to public investment, it's welcome to try to do so. But declaring that they'll crash the economy deliberately unless Democrats meet their demands is an indefensible tactic that cannot be tolerated. Now, he is saying this because he wants to invoke, evoke, invoke, evoke. I always get those two mixed up. Uh, the image in your brain that, um, you know, that you're dealing with terrorists or, uh, you know, kidnappers, hostage takers, whatever. Uh, somebody that you aren't supposed to negotiate with. He's doing this because he wants to help push the facade that Biden is showing strength in this moment in a time when Biden definitely needs to appear like he is a strong president. You straight up said it is completely irresponsible to do that with classified documents, and then you left yours scattered across the mid-Atlantic and have your, however old Hunter Biden is, living in a house that had these documents that he's paying 50, 49000 $410 or something for a month in Wilmington, Delaware. I've been to Wilmington. Nothing there is worth 50 grand a month. Um, I'm not saying that it's money laundering, but you know, you make your own decisions. Um, 
he is doing that. He, they're, they're saying this because they need Biden to appear strong. They don't want Biden to appear weak at all by negotiating with terrorists because we Americans don't negotiate with terrorists unless we do, which seems to happen just as often as we don't. Um, he is saying that uh, he's he is saying that these kind of actions, much like Biden said about Trump, are irresponsible and indefensible. Like you can't negotiate with these people. So we have this political brinksmanship that is going on that we haven't seen since 2011, 12, the Tea Party versus Obama stuff. Um, and the government ended up shutting down for what, 14 days, I think, something like that. Um, you have the Republicans and you have the Democrats, two sides, unwilling to budge from their positions, or at least right now they're unwilling to budge from their positions. You know at some point something is somebody's breaking. The question is who is going to break? Um, now, the economy is hanging there, right there on the brink of the recession, it, and it's what is truly the – it is the ball they're both going for. Um, Joe Hanush, mm, government shutdown, I know. I get – I, I get a semi every time I think about it. Um, this is a family show. No, it's not. Um, so they have two sides that are just going right, right at each other on this, refusing to move. And it's all about who is going to blink first. But when the economy comes crashing, it's not going to be the decades of reckless spending that gets blamed. It's not going to be the insane bills that have been passed for decades on decades, but we can go back as far as 2020 to today, where we are spending trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars. That's not going to get blamed. It's going to get blamed on somebody who is going to be saying, hey, I want to cut the spending. If you want me to do this, we have to cut spending. It's going to get blamed on that person. The reason that uh, Steve Bennon of Bennon, I don't know how to say his name, of MSNBC says, uh, if the new House majority wants to try to pass a bill through the American legislative process pursuing cuts to public investments, it's welcome to try to do so. Is because he knows whatever bill that the Republicans put up in Congress is not going to pass the Senate. And if it passes the Senate, he knows it's not going to get approved by the president. He knows this. They are taking, they are attempting to take away the only chip that the Republicans have in order to try to get spending cuts. Kevin McCarthy, he might know this. I don't know. He does not strike me as the brightest person. But this is truly the only chip that the Republicans have to try to cut spending. I'm not absolving Kevin McCarthy by, like, I don't, I don't like this person. I don't like anybody. And like I said, this is... The situation that we're in, the $31.4 trillion in debt, is the fault of both sides uh, for a very long time. But you can really say that it really started to take hold in the early 2000s. Um, I, when we first passed a trillion dollars in debt, I don't remember what year that was, but I remember them saying, if we don't financially recover from this, we will never recover. We need to make sure that this is the number one thing. And this was both sides saying it. This was both sides saying it. It has been roughly 20, not even 20 years. I think it was like 2006 that we broke a trillion dollars. Um, I don't think it was 1981, Joe Hanush. I could be wrong. Is it 1980? I, I got to look this up. 
Um, when did the U.S. first? Oh, I totally misspelled every word there. First, oh, trillion dollars. Um, way before that, October twenty second, nineteen eighty one. Okay, you were right, nineteen eighty one. But it's still, okay. So it's been forty years. Forty years we have spent. 30, $30 trillion in 40 years with 2.5 trillion being in the last 25 months. This is unsustainable. And whether or not the Republicans shut everything down and say, no, we're not gonna do it. We're gonna default on all of our loans. I don't care because you won't negotiate with us on spending cuts or whether the Republicans, like that and the, or they, or you know the Democrats are like, no, we're not going to negotiate, and they have this they have this standoff, and it ends up with neither side doing anything. We default, uh, the economy goes completely down the crapper. It is not the fault of Kevin McCarthy. It is not the fault of Joe Biden. It is the fault of decades and decades and decades of uh, bad spending policy, bad government policy, and it will only continue if you don't stop giving them more leash. If you give them any more leash, like Janet Yellen wants, she wants unlimited leash, you will continue to have this issue forever. Uh, the real, like, this is the fight that we have kind of, this is one of the fights that we have always kind of talked about because you knew that with the way that they spend money here in the United States, that it was it was unable to continue to uh, support itself. It was a completely unsustainable model that we were working with. And we are now sitting in a situation where both sides are going to, um, uh, uh, hang on a second, Brian, Brian on Facebook said, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warned that the US will hit his cap Thursday, January 19th. Once that happens, she will not be able to issue new debt without congressional action, meaning that the Republicans will have to pass it. And they are saying, no, that you can't do that. You have to give us the money. This is, this is a fight that everybody kind of talks about the, you know, the next, the next civil war, the next, you know, the, the, I can't say any of the words that we used to say uh, because I don't want us to get kicked off of Facebook. Um, people always talked about that and how, you know, it was going to be over guns or how it was going to be over whatever. The next civil war is going to be the fact that they have spent us into so much debt that they have made all of our money worthless, which you can see $10 a dozen for eggs, uh, $10, 10, 10 bucks for a dozen eggs, unless you have a neighbor that has them. Um, or, you know, or you can have the multiple issues of uh, I, I whatever issue that you thought was going to be the thing that was going to be the fight that we had to worry about. This is the fight that you have to worry about. The fact that they are constantly going out there and spending all of the money, absolutely devaluing the dollar. That is the real fight. And that is the fight that is currently going on on Capitol Hill with two sides that are fucking terrible at doing this because both sides will spend all of the money. 
the only reason that Kevin McCarthy isn't saddling up and passing to increase the debt limit is because of who is in the White House. If it was anybody, if it was Republican in the White House, he would do it immediately and say, yep, and we'll work on cutting spending later, but here we don't want to default. Now he's holding it hostage. I'm not saying it's not the right move for Kevin McCarthy, but I'm saying it's this is the issue that we are going to be facing for generations, 79,000 something, something years. This is where the real fight is because the longer that they do this, the more they devalue our money, the more that they turn us into areas like um, the people that have the million dollar coins, I forget, or the million dollar bills, um, Venezuela or something, I don't know. Um, the more they turn us into that, the less freedom we will all have because our money won't be worth anything. Um, we will end up having to go into barter systems and doing things under the table in order to make it, everything work. I don't mind doing that. Don't mind doing it. Not a lot of people calling me up to say, hey, can you come and talk to me about politics for an hour and I'll give you, you know, a dozen eggs. But, you know, if that's what it takes, then I'll do it. Um, Zimbabwe, thank you, Brian. Um, but that is where we're at. Do I care if the federal government loses its credit rating? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Do I care if they pay all the bills? No, don't. Uh, what I care is that they need to stop spending so much money. The only way to do that is for this fight to go to completion, to go all the way and make it where the Republicans finally show that they have some sort of set of testicles um, and will not back down. We won't get there. The Republicans are going to back down. Kevin McCarthy is going to back down. He's going to tuck his tail and he's going to try to spend whatever deal he makes that he will, uh, that he will spend that to the Republicans and the Republicans will vote to get rid of him. And we'll go through what happened for the first week of this uh, congressional hearing all over again. And that is where we are. Um, so, that is where we are. Uh, it's going to be an exciting week. I'm interested to see how all of it is going. Um, doesn't egg speaking fee. That seems expensive, Scott Greer. Yes, it does seem expensive, but I'm worth it. Um, so that is where we are. Let me know what you think is going to happen. How quickly will Kevin McCarthy fold? Will Joe Biden uh, start to, uh, will, will he uh, negotiate? Let me know what you're thinking. Um, because, yeah, that, that is where we are with all of that. But thank you all so much for tuning in today. Oh, there is something that I wanted to uh, – there's something I wanted to talk to you all about. I, Brian, often, uh, Brian on Facebook says, fold, yes. Um, yeah, he's going to fold. He's going to fold, and it's going to be quick. Um, I want everybody to know, uh, Muddied Waters Media, Muddied Waters of Freedom, is my, it, it's my baby. It's it's what I love. It is what I have been doing and working for for uh, six, over six years now. Um, and for the last couple of months, uh, I don't feel 
and tell me if I'm wrong. Please tell me if I'm wrong, because I, I honestly have no idea. I have always wanted to deliver high quality entertainment and information to each and every one of you out there that was engaging. That was engaging, that was fun, that was funny. Um, in the last couple of months, I don't know if I am succeeding in doing that anymore. Um, and I have been thinking of some ways to try to retool the show in order to bring a more uh, engaging atmosphere to it. Um, I want to bring a more engaging atmosphere to it. I want to bring in a more, uh, bring in some more entertainment to it and make it a bigger thing. Um, but I honestly don't know how to do this yet. And for the last few days, the only thing I can think is to take a small break to try to retool the show, to figure out what I want it to look like in the future. Um, because I don't want this to become just another talking head libertarian show in the in the in the vein of uh, Ben Shapiro or whatever. Where I sit here and I talk to you straight for an hour and ten minutes uh, about whatever is on my mind quickly because my throat starts getting dry, as you can hear. Um, or if I want to kind of make it more how I've had it envisioned in my head, but I don't know, but I don't know how to do that yet. And I'm, I'm trying to fix both of these problems at once because I know that I need to put out content and I know that I need to, um, I know I need to put out content. And I know I need to continue to be out there. But because of that and the amount of work that I put into everything every week, I don't have time to think about the other stuff, especially when you throw in the other job, the family, and uh, you know the writing jobs that I pick up on the side and whatever else I can to make money because that's what we have to do in this economy that's created from $31.4 trillion in debt. So I have seriously been considering taking a break and coming back uh, a couple of times when uh, I have guest co-hosts, not guests that's going to come on to interview or anything like that, because I hate doing that because I'm not going to get into why today. Uh, I'll get into that some other time. Um, so let me know what you guys think. Let me know if uh, you want to see me keep doing this uh, the way that I'm doing it. Uh, if you want to see me here and talking for an hour straight, because I literally, I do this because I enjoy it. It is like therapy to me. Uh, and I do it because I hope that in some way I'm engaging and entertaining you people out there. So let me know if you want to see what I think I can turn it into, given the right amount of time and uh, dedication to the things I'm thinking. Or if you want to see me do this, um, let me know. And uh let me know in the comments if you are listening to this on Spotify. There will be uh, a question attached to the bottom of the thing somehow. I don't know how it works. I've never actually looked. Uh, but there'll be a question, and you can uh, check it out there. Um, also, if you uh, watch on, if you listen on Spotify, you can watch the videos, too. You get to watch. I don't – subscriber, non-subscriber, you get to watch the videos. Um, so 
I don't know if Jason has a show this week. Uh, maybe. So tune in on Friday. Find out if Jason Lyon, Muddy America, uh, is going to be on 8 o'clock, I'm guessing. Uh, and uh, and I'll see y'all uh, next week. Have a good one. Thank you.